Alrighty, guys, welcome to the podcast. This is the Elk Hunt Podcast. My name is Cody Rich. I'm your host, and I love elk hunting. I love hearing elk hunting stories. I love learning from other elk hunters, and this is my journey to become a better elk hunter and learn as much as I possibly can. Uh, this episode is actually a masterclass or a webinar that I did for Onyx Hunt recently where I talked about e-scouting for rifle elk. And if you guys have taken my course, you've seen my e-scouting series. This is a little bit different, but kind of a spin on that on how I kind of tweak that e-scouting for rifle elk hunting specifically. So if you're a rifle elk hunter, uh, you might want to check this out. And if you want to watch the video, be sure to head over to the Onyx Hunt YouTube channel and check out the whole video there. Also, I wanted to tell you guys that right now through the end of October, if you sign up for my elk hunting course, you're going to be entered to win our October sweepstakes, which is a Weatherby Backcountry 2.0 in 338 RPM. And it's topped with a badass Maven Optics RS1 scope. This is an absolute beast of a backcountry elk rifle. And I'll be taking it on a hunt this year, or not yours but I'll take one exactly like it on a hunt this year. And I'm stoked. I've been shooting it. It's, it's a shooter. I love it. Uh, it's pretty, pretty sick gun. So it's a $4,000 package. This thing is set up and I think they're even going to send you a couple boxes of ammo with it. So win, win, uh, be sure to go enter the sweepstakes. All you gotta do is sign up for the course, uh, and you're automatically entered. Also, if you've already taken the course, cause I know a bunch of you have, uh, go leave a testimonial, leave a testimonial and you'll also be entered to win. So two ways to enter, uh, to win this super sweet rifle. All right, you guys, enjoy this episode. All right, we're live. Good <clears throat> excuse me. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight for our Planning a Rifle Elk Hunt Masterclass with Cody Rich. We're gonna give it just a minute or two to let folks get settled in while we're waiting a couple housekeeping items. Your audio and video are turned off, so you don't have to worry if you've got noise in the background or anything like that. We can't see you, we can't hear you. This class is being recorded, so if you do have to drop off early or anything like that, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. We'll also send you an email tomorrow evening with the video link if you're unable to find it on our YouTube for one reason or another. If you do have any questions, drop them in the Q&A box down below. We'll uh, answer as many of those as we have time for tonight. The chat is there as well. That's better for just kind of, you know, chopping it up with other people or, or chatting a little bit, saying hi, where you're from. Questions do tend to get lost in there. So if you do have a question you'd like to answer, the Q&A box is for that. Finally, we are doing a giveaway tonight. We got some uh, pretty new Onyx Hunt Blaze Orange hats that we're gonna be giving away towards the end of the class. So stick around, we'll post that uh, giveaway link in the chat. Um, and with that, I wanna introduce our expert here, Cody Rich, what's going on? Hey guys. Um, yeah. Welcome. Uh, I'm checking out all these things. Hey, from LA. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, Ohio. So Sean from Oregon. So this is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Stoked to be here. If you guys um, don't know who I am, my name is Cody Rich. I host the Rich Outdoors podcast and I do like this thing called Wapiti Wednesday and I am uh, fairly obsessed with elk hunting. So uh, the other thing is I, I'm fairly obsessed with maps. So I spend a lot of time looking at maps, thinking about maps, e-scouting on maps, you name it. So um, if you guys haven't yet, uh, we did an entire e-scouting series for Onyx, Onyx's YouTube channel, uh, and that's a four video series. And let me tell you, I struggled to, to get that down to like two hours or whatever it is. So I'm going to try to just pound through some of this stuff. It's going to be over some people's heads and I'm gonna, there's going to be a bunch of context missing, 
so if you feel like it's over your head, go back and check out the YouTube video. I promise it's broken down a lot more. Um, that's a four-step series. And in this one, I'm kind of going super heavy into just video two and video three, which is essentially, you know, like how to, how to plan this out. Right. And then I'm going to show you a bunch of the, like little tips and stuff I do actually looking at maps, what I'm looking for and all of those things. So for anyone who's like, man, you lost me at like two minutes in, maybe uh, go watch the YouTube video, but I think you'll get a lot of tips and tactics. That series was kind of built around archery hunting, but in general, it's virtually the same. And that's a huge piece of it. So I uh, just want to kind of put that out there for everyone. Um, and I guess <clears throat> we'll get kick it off. I'm going to, uh, let me screw share my screen here. Going. <clears throat> All righty. So to kick this off, let's uh, get this first party here. Of course, I'm in my own way here. I'm going to have to move myself around. All right, we're going to talk about rifle hunt, rifle e-scouting, and and what to, how I go about doing it, how uh, you know tips, tactics, those little things. Uh, but there's, you know, here's the things we're going to go over. I'm going to teach you like the one thing I want everyone to take away from this meeting, uh, and like this is the most important thing when it comes to e-scouting. And I know a lot of people get confused and get overwhelmed with e-scouting, uh, but this is like the one little thing I want everyone to kind of walk away from this uh, this webinar. We we'll call it masterclass. Uh, and then we're going to go through like the three levels of search and how those are applicable to rifle elk hunting. And then we're going to talk a little bit about like the art of balance in the four part video series. We talk a lot about building a target package and I'm going to sum a lot of that up into as, as short as I can to get in this webinar, uh, talking kind of like what I'm looking for. Right. And constantly I get asked like, Hey, what's the one thing, or, you know, what's the secret or what's this or whatever. To me, it's a huge piece of just the balance of it. Like, you know, balancing, getting away from people with actual, you know, elk numbers and things like that. So we're going to dive into that. And then we're going to do some explore and discover, and I'm going to get into some actual maps and some actual units and show you guys kind of what I'm looking for and kind of show you the key features, the key to target habitats, those type of things, what looks elky to me. I uh, hope you guys get something out of that. And then if we have time, we'll do a little bit of building a plan and how that's applicable to like building these hunt plans, which I think is super, super important. Then we're going to get to Q&A if we have time. So enter your questions. And if your question doesn't get answered, I'll try to jump in after the fact and answer as many of these as I can uh, and hopefully get your, your questions answered as well. So let's let's just dive into it. Like I said, we're going to we're going to buzz through this pretty quickly. Let me move myself here. All right. So the one thing, the absolute number one thing that I want everyone to get out of this the biggest mistake I see people making is that they're looking for some secret spot, some secret honey hole. And most people's hunting technique revolves around, you know, spending a little bit of time looking at maps, looking at Onyx and being like, Ooh, this looks like a good spot. And then they go there and they check it. It's this simple system of, you know, check, check a spot, pick a spot, check a spot, pick a spot. What I want you guys to get out of an actual e-scouting system is to actually build a system, right? We want to build a way to search an entire unit to be as efficient and effective as we can. So many of you, you guys are, are going in and saying like, Oh, let's check, you know, no tell them crick. And we hike in there and we hike out, right? Like what I'm trying to do is not necessarily find the honey hole, so to speak, but I'm trying to build an, a system that allows me to, to 
scour an area to figure out where the elk are, right? Um, in um, in my elk hunting course and in the video series I did for Onyx, uh, we talk a lot about, you know, efficiency and effectiveness. And to me, it's, you know, there's finding elk and then there's hunting elk. And when it comes to archery, you know, finding elk is actually fairly easy. They tend to bugle and they you know they're really active. And in rifle season, it, they're a little bit harder to find, but much easier to kill. So the two are definitely just kind of flip-flopped, if you will. But finding elk is the most important thing. Like you have to be able to find elk. And in order to do that, you know, the best way I know is to be very efficient and effective. Like I want to have a system built. So when I show up to a unit, I'm checking here, I'm checking here, I'm checking here. This is what I'm doing. And I get route efficiency, right? I'm like, here's all the glassing points I'm going to to hit and I'm going to try to keep them on the same ridge or, you know, I'm going to cover this ground and I can do that so much more effectively if I build a system. And this sounds cheesy, but I promise you, like, this is what great hunters do really effective hunters. You know, they're not just picking random holes and, um, you know, maybe good spots on a map and checking. They're building a system to where it's like, I can be efficient with my time. You know, a lot of rifle seasons that I've hunted over the years, they're very short and you got to be super efficient with that time because you only get a few days to do it. So that's the one thing I want you guys to take away is this is about building a system for efficiency and not just about how to find a honey hole. Because even, you know, I consider myself a pretty good e-scouter. Even I can't pick human pressure all the time. Sometimes I get there and I, you know, I'm like, this is going to be a good spot. And you know what? There's people everywhere. So by having a system, it allows me to do that. So that's the huge thing. You know, uh, some other important things is the separating finding elk from hunting elk. And a huge piece of this uh, and rifle, uh, rifle hunting is very much, this is very applicable because so many guys, you know, they want to go here and they hunt um, and then they go here and they hunt, you know, they're looking for elk where, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, you got to be able to just find elk. Like my job is to show up to a unit and to be able to find elk. That's what I need to do. Then I can start hunting and figuring out, you know, if the bull I want is in that area or, you know, what, how to actually get one killed. But at the end of the day, like I need to be able to find elk. I need to show up to a unit and find it. And we're going to go over how I'm able to do that and how you can be able to do that too. Um, and then it's going to be, you know, building plans. I just covered it, but uh, you know, building plans is important. Um, that way I know what to do and when, um, you know, talked a little bit about, it, but archery versus rifle, why are they different? How are they different? Archery again, we're talking about elk that are rutting. They're very active. They're, you know, usually less hunting pressure. Uh, if you're hunting like some of these generals, maybe not. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, rifle elk are very different. This is a, to most of these units, unless you're hunting some, you know, maybe Utah's, uh, or these prime, you know, Arizona tags where you get rutting activity, you know, most of us are hunting elk in areas where elk, you know, recluse away from the rest of the herd and they, you know, go to these deep, dark holes. And so their terrain is far more centered around security than in those things. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that as well and kind of what to look for, but security be kind of, kind of becomes everything. How do you get away from people? How do you find these elk that kind of just hold up in small holes or, or these deep, dark canyons? So we're going to dive into a lot of that. All right. Take a drink here. A lot of rambling. All right. So the three phases, when I look at, when I look at elk scouting, e-scouting, I kind of break it into three phases. I talk a lot about this in the video. I'm going to try to sum it up because we're not going to cover everything in this video, 
Uh, but you know, I look at it as like, okay, when I start panning around, say I have uh, a Montana general tag, you know, I'm looking at, I still have to choose what unit. And so like these, when I think about these type of things, I'm looking at the type of hunt I want, maybe the population um, and the pressure, right? So these numbers are found a lot in, you know, we go to the, you know, our top rut and we, we like look at the hunt numbers, the type of hunt we want, you know, do we want a, you know, still hunting timber hunt? Do we want a hunt where we can glass everything? You know, are we doing a horseback hunt? Are we doing a, a backpack hunt? All these things, those kind of come into the unit level. I'm not going to dive into a lot of that. I did in the, in the full series we did. The most important here is kind of the areas and the drainage. So first we choose a unit. And once we have a unit, then we can kind of break down, you know, what half of that unit we're going to choose. And then we can break it into the drainage level. So when it comes to like selecting an area um, in this picture here, and we're going to dive into this unit a little bit is it's not a great tag, but it's, you know, it's a uh, 27 Idaho tag. Uh, it's an early rifle hunt. I actually had this tag and I ended up drawing a better tag. So I traded it in. So I had done some e-scouting for this unit. Uh, but I'm not going to end up there. So I'm going to share some knowledge of what I learned. When I think about this is like, okay, I'm given 27. I mean, I can hunt a couple different units within that tag, uh, the North Fork tag. But, you know, when I think about areas, you know, one of the big things is again, hunting style, how, you know, how does, how does each area of a unit, you know, help or hurt my style of hunting? To me, it's like, I really want to be able to glass. I want to be able to cover ground. Um, and look as far as I can, because, you know, that's, that's going to, what's going to be able to cover the most amount of ground for me. Um, and so like hunting style comes into it, you know, mobility assets and limitations. Like, you know, if you, if you don't have horses, if you, you know, can't hike more than a couple miles, like, you know, what side of the unit you choose has a lot to do with those things, you know, access, uh, you know, historically the, the Frank church doesn't have a ton of access. So, you know, you know, that's going to limit those things, but even within that terrain types, uh, you know, if you're like, I want to still hunt timber, I want to just track elk down, then, you know, picking the thicker size than a unit, maybe the, maybe the case, uh, you know, if you want to be able to glass and cover ground, you know, some of the more open country. Right. Um, and you know, things like, you know, the habitat burns water, those things kind of come into play, but at the end of the day, again, you know, if you're talking, depending if you're talking late season, early season, security is going to be a big piece of it. When we talk about late season security, you know, these bulls are moving away. They're, they're trying to just, you know, be just hold up, you know, get ready for winter. They're trying to recover from the rut. We talk about early season. You're talking about uh, elk that's going to be doing more rutting. They're probably going to be higher. Uh, you know, they're going to be at those elevations. Uh, if they get pressure, they're probably going to be in the bottom poles. So like, that's how we start choosing drainage levels. So when I think about this, it's like, I first choose the unit level. Here's the things that, that, you know, come into mind for me. When I think about area, what side of the unit, uh, a big reason, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit. A big reason I chose this part of the unit is because, you know, you look at historically 27, not the best unit. There's good elk in there, um, but it's not known for giant bulls. And then right on this border right here, you have unit 36, the sawtooth, and that's one of the better tags in Idaho. So naturally I instantly knew that I wanted to be on that border between, you know, 36 and 27. Uh, and for a number of reasons, but none the least is that, you know, clearly the sawtooth is a better tag than, you know, some of the, 
remote country in say, you know, the North or in the, in the Frank church. So those help you choose that we don't what side of the unit you'd be on. Then we get into like huntability, right? And huntability is huge, huge, huge route efficiency. So a lot of this is like, I know I kind of want to be in this area, but then I start picking it apart. I start adding my waypoints. I start, you know, finding my glassing, finding my routes and all of a sudden particular drainages will stand out and others won't because of pure route efficiency, right? Like I need to be able to cover a bunch of ground. I could have the best honey hole in the world, but if that honey hole requires me to go 12 miles in and there's nothing to hunt between those 12 miles, I'll probably just leave it. You know, I'm not going to go there because I would rather take an area where I can hunt multiple drainages from one ridge. I can glass a ton of country, you know, those type of places. And, you know, we'll kind of get into a little bit of that, but that's kind of like the three phases I use. And I'll go through how it looks like, or what it looks like on paper and on, on map, you know, but it's like, I'll start to just kind of map things out on a very big picture. And then I start to hone in like, okay, this is the area. And I start, you know, bit by bit kind of areas of interest, adding those. And, and I'll get into how I do that. Um, and then eventually it gets into pure just huntability. Can I actually hunt that effectively and efficiently? And then route, you know, route efficiency. Can I access that country? Uh, can I get around in that country? Those type of things. So uh, those are kind of the three phases uh, that we go through. Kind of went over a lot of this. <laughs> All right. So within phase one, uh, we, sorry, I, I'm bounced around here, but within phase one, you know, the type of hunt, you know, some of this comes into like the points cost, you know, choosing your unit. If you have a general unit, uh, those can be difficult or to hunt. But at the same time, you talk about, you know, a limited entry draw hunt. A lot of times you have easier access and things like that. So, you know, big pieces of it. When we think about building that target package, we're like, okay, what are the animals looking for? Three things elk are always looking for is security, water, and food. That's kind of the, the, the MO. Um, in the rut, you could kind of change a little bit of that. But when it comes to rifle hunting, man, security is the most important. Generally speaking, most of the places I've ever hunted, water wasn't a huge issue. Uh, now, in some of the southern states, maybe. And food, you know, food kind of can be there. But at the same time, most of what we're hunting is not going to have that issue. Now, if you take, I don't know, some, some desert country, uh, I have an Arizona late tag in some of that country, I can tell like food definitely matters. There probably won't be elk in certain areas. Uh, whereas, you know, some, some other areas food becomes a priority as we, as we look at that. Uh, but not always the case. So this kind of gets into what I call the art of balance. The art of balance, tons of people ask me questions you know, is it, is it better to go with this? Is it better to be remote? Is it better to, you know, to be mobile? This is a classic question. And uh, I've done a ton of horseback hunting and I've spent time, you know, very far in there. And I've also, you know, road hunted and it's always a balance. And I think it's important to think about all these things, population, access, hunting pressure, even down to like choosing a unit and point cost as there's always a balance and it's kind of a pendulum. So when we talk about, you know, let's say horsebacking in somewhere, um, you know, the upside is that there's less people sometimes uh, and unpressured elk, you know, these elk don't seem to be, uh, you know, hold up in the timber or whatever, but at the same time I've horsebacked into places and, you know, been 12 miles in and there's not a single elk and the 
you're not mobile, right? Like, so the mobility becomes a factor. Whereas, you know, sometimes if you're using the road systems, you can cover so much more ground, you can actually find elk, right? Like I can cover a hundred miles in a truck pretty quickly and be on the other side of unit and maybe in the next unit. And so it's kind of a, it's a balance, right? And rifle hunting becomes very important because we've all been there. You show up to any trailhead and it's loaded with truck, full of trucks or whatever, right? And there's people everywhere. You can hard to get away from people. It does seem like there's a balance in those pockets of finding that, you know, three miles in or two miles in where people aren't getting to. And so I always like to balance my uh, mobility. I like to be mobile, but I also will hike in to certain places. And once we get into the maps and I, I can show you a little bit more, but to me, it's super important to kind of stay away from a lot of those heavily pressured areas. I mean, there's tons of road hunters, anything you can see from a road in, at least in the units I rifle hunted, generally, you know, people are hunting They're they're watching it, you know, they're driving around, they're looking for elk, right? But what they don't do is a lot of people, if they can't see into an area, they don't just go hiking in there. Right. Um, and there's a kind of a, a paradox here where generally speaking, the more roads in a unit, the less people get off the roads, you know, if, if they can drive around, they will. And so here's that balance, that art of balance, right? Like I don't mind units with a lot of roads because it creates road hunters and that gives me the ability to find these pockets. Uh, and so access is, uh, it's one of those pendulums, right? Unit 27 in the, in, uh, in Idaho is one of those where it's like, there's not a ton of access. You're probably going to see horse hunters. And by that, you're going to probably get to these super remote locations. And that's where people are going to want to go because it doesn't have the access. It actually draws in a lot of, you know, horseback hunters, backpack hunters, flying hunters, you know, there's a lot of remote hunters. And so it, by definition, like those interior pieces of the Frank church tend to get as much pressure as, you know, some of the road systems. And so here's that art of balance. Like how do we balance you know, finding, uh, getting away from people, finding that security because security is not always just being remote. It's not always just like being the deepest, darkest hole. Sometimes security is right next to the road and it uh, blows people's minds, but plenty of giant bulls have lived, uh, untouched right next to pretty busy highways. And, you know, that's, that's that paradox. So, you know, those are the things we're always trying to find same with pressure, right? Like I just don't go to the trailheads. Like it's, it's off the block. And, and, you know, it's, I try to find those, you know, those pressure zones where I'm finding those pockets. Very similarly, um, point cost, you know, it's a balance, right? Like, you know, great. If I could have, if I could have 10 point units every year, that would be great. But by definition, that makes it hard to hunt very often. So, uh, you know, we're balancing like, okay, how many points do we want to use, but this ability to hunt units consistently to learn units and those things. So to me, that's the art of balance. Um, there's never any one thing, uh, per se. All right. And some of this is from that, that video I did with those. So, uh, oh, I did want to touch on, uh, so kind of in this phase one, as we, as we build our target package, we're trying to choose an area, try to do all these things, you know, historical data is huge, uh, man. I can't tell you, like if a unit's just historically produced good bulls and has good populations, generally speaking, that's good indication that, you know, this, this area is going to produce and that somehow gets so overlooked. And a lot of people just don't think about that. Uh, you know, my, again, we're going to dive into my secure, my uh, keys to success. I would say security. Absolutely. I'm always looking for security. 
And I don't always, you know, I'm trying to balance that with mobility, but security is kind of number one. Uh, again, balancing that population and access. I want good numbers. And this is going to depend on you know, what you want out of an elk hunt. But I'm trying to balance these like good population numbers, which means I'm going to have opportunities, you know, with access. And I don't necessarily need, you know, all the access in the world and lots of roads, but maybe some limited access, just the ability to get away from people, because that's going to go back to my number one, creating security. And, you know, how can I, I have to have a way to avoid pressure. And sometimes that boils down to like, what are, how am I like, you know, what are my benefits? Am I taking horses? Do I have a dirt bike? Uh, am I rafting into some country? You know, what are your assets that you can get, like you can create a way to get away from that pressure. Uh, and that's kind of boils into like, what's my secret weapon? How am I, how am I going to win in this area? Um, and that's kind of, you know, in choosing, choosing a, in, in a unit or, you know, in some ways uh, like an area, so to speak. <clears throat> All right. So I need to burn through a lot faster. All right. So phase two, you know, choosing area, we talked a lot about hunting style. We talked about mobility limitations, uh, mobility assets, you know, all these like, Hey, uh, what do I have to get away from people? Uh, one of the tar these target parameters, this is where we start like, okay, what are we looking for? What are the elk looking for? Uh, you know, does it have all the things, you know, things like edge habitat, you know, can they move in and out of, you know, feed and, uh, timber, um, and, uh, you know, burns, things like that. And elevation. So can we use elevation to our advantage? Those type of things. One of my key features, and I'll try to go over this in the map. The thing that I have found so much success in, in rifle hunting is my ability to find this timber that's a certain density. And I've just figured it out in the maps and I'll try to find some for you guys um, on a map, but the ability, you know, these bulls will go into these thinner timbers where they're, there's, it's thin enough that this feed's actually growing and they can just basically be up eating all day. That has been my go-to. And, you know, a lot of people, they go out and they're looking in parks, meadows, you know, big open and clear cuts. And a lot of times, like if elk are getting pressured, they're not looking, they're not living in those and, and maybe they're not even using them in the daylight. Where we have found success is our ability to hone in on timber that's a huntable. And we kind of talked a little bit about that, but it's like, I need to be able to shoot into this timber because getting in that timber with those elk is, it doesn't work out as well. So I'm trying to find that timber with a, you know, adjacent, uh, face that's, you know, four or 500 yards away. And so I start looking for these things and uh, my ability to glass into the timber and find those elk, you know, that's what I'm going to start, you know, looking at that area. And that's, you know, maybe burns are great. And a lot of people will hunt those burns, but I'm actually looking for that timber density. And that's that, you know, my secret advantage that I'm going to look for. Uh, going back to historical data, you know, uh, neighboring units, like I had talked about this one, unit 36, great unit, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to be on the South end of 27 because I think, you know, a lot, maybe there's some crossover. I actually don't know for sure. I've never been there. Uh, but that's just, this is kind of a reference. You can apply that to a lot of places. This is where talking to a biologist is also really good. Like getting historical data, you know, people tend to try to use biologists for drainage level answers. And you're going to get this answer that biologists kind of give everyone, whereas area level type questions often get you a lot further. So, you know, if I go to a biologist and say, Hey, you know, what drainage should I go to? Well, you just gave him a blanket question. He's going to give you a blanket answer, which is like, yeah, go to no tell him Creek. I've just told the last six people that. 
So even if you go in and you have some knowledge, you say, Hey, uh, you know, is rock Creek any good? And he's like, yeah, you know, there's rock, there's elk and rock. A better question or a better way to approach this is to go to your biologist and say like, Hey, I'm really kind of leaning towards, um, this Southeast region of this unit. What can you tell me about the, you know, winter, um, recoveries and, and things like that? What can you tell me about the populations? He should have a pretty good, he or she should have a pretty good answer for that. And that's going to get you a lot farther than asking specific drainages. If you know that the Southeast corner of a particular unit is a good place to start because that had a better winter recruitment from there, it's pretty easy to figure out the drainages, right? Like he'll answer that question. And then it's not hard to like deduct the rest of it. (laughs) Uh, And so that's, that's a great resource as far as like deciding on area. This goes into the same as like previous tag holders. Uh, hunting fool is a great resource for this. And if you have a draw tag, like this is absolutely, you know, first on your list to do is talk to these guys. And sometimes tag holders will give you specific drainages, especially if it's, uh, you know, a very coveted tag or one that they're not going to draw again. But often, you know, you can just ask them like, Hey, you know, how was the pressure on the North end of the unit? And they'll be like, man, we ran into people everywhere up there. We ended up going on the South side and we didn't have any pressure. Again, that, that that information is actually far more valuable than specific drainage information. Once I have an area, I've kind of reduced it into like my focus. And from there, I can create hunt plans, strategies, how to cover that unit. I can dial in the specifics about a drainage if I just know like rough areas. That's more important and you usually get better answers that way. So just a little tidbit on phase two. <clears throat> I'm going to skip some of this just for sake of time, uh, kind of understanding your target. Like when, when we talk about elk, again, security, absolutely important. Uh, if you know, those, if the, I, I'm not a huge fan of North slopes. Um, but you know, having said that, you know, you know, depending on the time frame, you know, you talk about South slopes versus North slopes, you know, are we talking about wintering bulls? Is this the late season? Those things like understanding those basic knowledge type stuff, uh, in my, in my, uh, my experience, elk are where they elk are. And uh, you can sit here and say like, oh, they should be here, but they rarely are. Um, so as we dive into like the art of say, understanding these elk that we're looking for, uh, you know, proximity to things like that's super important to me. Do they have all the things they need? Do they have that security? Do they have the ability to get back in the timber? Do they have the ability to stay in the timber? You know, is that timber huntable? Those type of things. Like too many people just look at like, I'm going to go hunt parks or I'm just going to hunt these openings or clear cuts. That's what everyone else is doing. So we need to find a way to do something different. Huntability could mean, you know, yeah, just because I can see elk, I, it's impossible to shoot them from anywhere. And that can be difficult. Uh, and so thinking about the huntability, the animal behavior, all these things tie into it, uh, as you're understanding your, your target species. Um, I'm going to skip the slide for sake of time. <laughs> if you guys have questions, please let me know. Uh, all right. So phase two summary, uh, again, you know, what's your personal style? What's your personal hunting parameters? What is, you know, your style of hunting? What kind of hunt do you want out of the deal? And then, you know, what kind of habitat is going to f- facilitate that type of hunt? That's pretty key. You know, what can, what can you be looking for to make this hunt happen? And then historical data, uh, super big on that. Like that's going to boil down the area. I think historical data is really, really important on the area level. People tend to look at it on a uh, unit level, but they rarely look at it as an area level. All right. My keys to success. 
you know, does my access match my hunting style? Can I, you know, get there? Timber density. That's a huge one for me. That's like my key focus that I'm looking for. Does it have the right key keys to that? Um, historical proof. Like do I have some version of historical proof to say like this area of the unit holds elk? Why or why not? Uh, and then the only thing I would add to that is again, huntability, you know, can I efficiently hunt this area? But that kind of gets, I'll have to do some digging on the, on the phase three side of that before <laughs> make those decisions. Uh, sorry, Jack, we're, we're burning through this here. How am I doing so far? Good, bad. Anybody got any questions? I think it's going great. All right. Are we learning anything? Okay. So phase three, now we're like getting into this, this drainage level, right? We're like, okay, which, which drainage am I going to hunt? And this will make more sense when we dive into actually looking at maps. Uh, but again, you know, huntability, route efficiency, proximity, uh, to everything is really, really important. Uh, you know, target parameters, this is where we start getting into like, you know, the actual timber density, the edge habitat, you know, maybe water feed, those type of things, slope direction. This is where those pieces of that puzzle start to become more important. This, when we talk about historical data, I'm always like every phase of this, I think about how do I apply some historical data? Some of this may be previous sightings, this uh, scouting season, like all of that matters, right? Like uh, how much time you spend in the unit, you know, if I've seen sign in there, is the sign match, you know, the time stamp of what I'm looking for. Uh, if I see a bunch of rubs and whatnot, you know, maybe that's not the area I want to be hunting late rifle uh, versus, you know, these type of things. So does the sign match? Am, am I getting a lot of wintering? Travel routes. This is where, you know, doing some research into figuring out where the elk, where these elk are wintering and, you know, am I kind of in that path? It doesn't take a whole lot of research to figure out, okay, the elk winter here and they summer here. Let me do some backtracking and figure out at what point in the map are we here? So a lot of people miss this, right? Like, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to find all the wintering data. If I just say, okay, where are these elk summering? And maybe this is a good question for the biologist. These elk rut here and they winter here. Somewhere in that path is probably, you know, my October dates, somewhere in that path is my early November dates, my mid-November dates, you know, where are these elk holding up and, you know, how am I going to figure that out? Uh, and so, you know, looking at, let's just say this, uh, the Frank Church, if I can figure out where those elk, which isn't on the, on the map here, but, you know, down to the right. You know, if I know they, they kind of spend most of their summers and their rut pretty high, and then they're going to end up, you know, rut, uh, down towards the river. Uh, a lot of these elk are, you know, spending their winters on the river. How can I, you know, find those pockets that are halfway between pretty simple stuff like that. Um, and also a lot of that's just, you know, you can confirm that with a biologist. <laughs> All right. And again, we're going to dive into the phase three. This will make a little bit of sense, you know, trying to figure out your route efficiency uh, and your huntability and those things. It's a little bit easier to just do that on the map uh, and then, you know, getting eyes on. And even within this phase three, I may choose, let's say, go back into phase two. I may choose an area of the unit. I get to spend some time scouting it and I realize, yeah, there's no route efficiency. Like this is not easy to get to, uh, or there's no elk. You know, I don't see any sign. I don't see any actual elk all these things. And so historical data can be within your own. You can say like, okay, yeah, I'm just not seeing the animals, right? Eyes on is a huge, huge piece of it. All right. My keys to success, effectiveness, or 
effectively and efficiently searching it, right? Like, can I, can I cover this ground? And again, this goes back to the one thing I wanted to make very abundantly clear. I'm not looking for honey holes. I'm looking for routes and systems, right? And I know that's not sexy. I think everyone wants to be able to look at a map and just figure out where the honey hole is, where that 400 inch bull lives. But the reality is, is like you, you look at the system that guys who consistently kill giants, you know, some of these great outfitters, you know, they're, they're great outfitters. They basically do the basics really well. They cover that ground. They cover every square inch of a unit and they got a ton of people doing it. So, so if you can kind of map that same thing, like how do we just cover this unit and find out where, you know, the good populations are, or the good bulls are, that's how we're going to be effective. Uh, and then it's consistently gathering in, in the field data and, and kind of revamping that as we go. So the more scouting we have, the better. All right. And I, after I originally did this, uh, I, I was thinking about, I was actually on a spring bear hunt last year and I was like, this, this place where we're going doesn't make any sense, but we're going there. And, you know, we ended up killing a good bear. And it got me thinking about this honey hole card. And as much as I say, like, don't focus on the honey hole. I think we all have like a spot on the map. We see it doesn't make a lot of sense logically. Uh, oh, I guess we're here. Sorry. That was my last slide, I think. But uh, anyway, so it doesn't make a ton of sense logically, but it's the place you have to get to. And as hunters, we all have this, we all have that spot that we're just like, ah, oh, I want so bad to there. I know that this spot holds giant. Right. And so I give myself a honey hole card and it's like the one spot I just gotta, I gotta, you know, satiate the explorer in myself to go, I'm going there. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but maybe there's something there. And so I, I keep places as I'm sea scouting. If I find a place that doesn't make a ton of sense, doesn't map to my entire system, that's like, oh, I put that put that on the honey hole card. So if you guys ever have a spot, I don't want to say you can't go there, you know, it doesn't make sense because a lot of it is like my gut intuition, man, I just got to check this place out. So I do give myself at least one or two of those on any hunt, but the reality is I'm trying to focus on like, how do I do this efficiently? How do I do this effectively? How do I cover this unit? So that's kind of the, the honey hole card, if you will. So I'm going to dive into some actual mapping here. What you guys really came for. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, okay. So this, like I said, this is unit 27. Uh, kind of zoom out for those who don't really know. Um, this is uh, right smack dab in the middle of kind of Idaho. Whoops. Ooh, okay. <laughs> And for ease of use, I'm gonna turn this. This is the wilderness, but let's uh, let's turn off the wilderness layer so we can see better. Uh, so when it comes to this, is kind of my uh, it's gonna be a super big overview. When it comes to explore and discover, for me, I start I start any unit with like I just kind of start perusing around and I'm laying down what I call areas of interest. And I'm just, you know, big picture, like, oh, this kind of looks interesting. Sometimes that starts with like these little ones, you know, I'm like, oh, this strange looks good or this. And sometimes it's like, I know I want to be in this area, blah, blah, blah. If you guys go watch the entire YouTube video series I did, I talk a lot about how to use folders. And I'm a huge you know, believer in having folders because I can hide things and move things off the map, all of these things. Uh, so a lot of it is, you know, it's just cruising around. And what I'm looking for, I'm actually going to, let's just leave this one for a second. Uh, 
so when I'm, you know, I'm cruising around and man, most of my stuff I find just spending a lot of time looking and I'm looking for that balance, right? We call it the art of balance, but I'm looking for the balance of, you know, Elky, Bucky, those type of things. And a, a lot of my time is just like, oh, this looks interesting, right? So I spend a ton of time doing this and, you know, I may end up on the other side of the whole mountain. I may end up two units away and I'm still circling stuff. And it's just like, ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, this is interesting. And I know that's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it, but I do just spend a lot of time kind of looking for edge habitat, looking for the balance, right? And I'll come back and I'll clean this up later. So my point of this is like, I spend a lot of time kind of flying around, looking at country. I'm looking for Elkie Bucky, uh, which to me is, you know, it's a balance of edge habitat, uh, cover, like all these things. And I'll start just circling. And this is what I call the rough draft phase where I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, this looks good. This looks good. And once we have kind of a rough draft, so to speak, and this has got to be short, you know, this is why it takes me hours and hours and hours to do this. But, um, you know, say hypothetically, I have these two, maybe I have some over here. I have this over here. Then I can start to piece together like, okay, what is, what does this look like? How do I actually hunt this? You know, and am I seeing a cluster of things that are really good? And in this case, I'm giving away all the secrets here. I actually really do think this, there's definitely, I'll care. Um, And so, you know, I'm kind of looking for a bunch of things. So let's just say I spent hours and hours and I circle a bunch of dots, you know, they're kind of all over the unit. Usually it's probably 10 times as many as this, but now I'm like, okay, how do I put together a pattern, right? What am I looking at? And so a lot of it is I circle these areas of interest and then I'll come through and I'll start uh, kind of just looking for glassing points, right? And this country, gosh, you can see everything from everywhere. Um, and sometimes it's better, you know, if you, you can just hit glassing points in you know, this country, like again, this country is so easy. Uh, another way to do it is, you know, I'll just go to topo mode. And a lot of times in topo mode, you know, to me, the math or the, the math, the lines make sense because it's like, oh, you know, if I, let's just hypothetically anywhere on this ridge, like, okay, this, this allows me to see this and this, right. That's a super basic, right. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better version. Um, you know, say you're mobile, you know, like, oh, this, this road up here allows me to see down all these drainages. Um, I'm trying to find a good example in it. You know, generally speaking, if you have, this is kind of a good example, but not, it's kind of an example, but not a great one. You know, anywhere you have like these split canyons where you have a bunch of fingers, you know, if I can find one spot that it allows me to look up three different drainages, you know, all of a sudden that becomes a lot more efficient, right? And, you know, this broken country where we have a bunch of different pockets and stuff, that can be difficult to see on the same side. Whereas, you know, oh, this little finger comes out here and I could see all of this. So a lot of times I'm looking for things like that uh, to where it's like, okay, how can I see all of this? So, you know, oh, I could be on this ridge and maybe I'll come out here. And even if like, I, I, I can come back later and figure out if these are, you know, good spots to, um, to actually glass. Of course, my Skype thing's always in the way here. Uh, but, you know, this gives me the ability, like, again, I'm kind of just rough draft. I can come back, I'll come back and clean this up. And I don't think that's in the right unit, but it kind of gives you the idea how I'm going about it. So uh, as I'm like kind of cruising this, uh, I may bounce back and forth between say satellite and topo to figure out, you know, what's, you know, topo gives you a really easy way to 
kind of choose glassing points, knobs, things like that, because it gives you a much cleaner version uh, of what you're looking at. Whereas, you know, being able to fly around and say like, man, yeah, see this kind of looks a little too thin to me and it's South facing. So realistically, not ideal, ideal. I mean, this is super steep country, by the way. Uh, but like, I don't mind this. So this is a good example of this edge habitat. Like I really don't mind this. It's pretty high, um, you know, but early season, you know, if you had that rifle tag that opens early September, you know, this drainage might hold elk, you know, and, and there's a few things we don't know, uh, you know, food, water, those things. Obviously there's food, it's broken habitat. Um, a lot, there's enough open, right? And so we're kind of just cruising this country, you know, and like, oh, this is really thick stuff, right? Uh, maybe, maybe there's, you know, archery type hunting, that type of thing. Uh, this, you know, this face here type thing, you know, like, so I spend a lot of time looking for these like broken habitat. Uh, and, you know, again, you know, maybe I'll, let's just say like, uh, I want to circle this here. Uh, I don't, it's not a commitment yet. It's just kind of just, bam, we're doing this areas of interest. Uh, this is why I use the file system and I put all these in a file so I can kind of hide them later, but then we're going to go back and clean this up. And again, we're looking for patterns, right? Uh, we're looking for a bunch of areas of interest that we can stack together on one ridge. Um, and I know I'm kind of getting low on time here. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to show you this. I really like this area. There's a couple of things I like and don't like. Looks like there's some springs down here. Uh, but, you know, a lot of this is, I'm just going to delete this so I can see better. <clears throat> a lot of this is, you know, very, very broken terrain. This is super steep, nasty country, but this is where big bulls like to hide. You know, here we have, looks like some burn. You know, we got some thicker stuff. It's not just the middle of a burn. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of features we like in here that are just elky, right? <laughs> and... And as I was panning, like, man, these, this is another drainage here. So you got one drainage, we got two drainage, kind of even three. Like this one's a little more burned out, but man, that still looks good to me. Like that still looks super elky and there's a lot of pockets, right? Um, just micro pockets. This one's got a trail in it. So, you know, as we look at this, as at least as I looked at it and we go to Topo, this will, man, get out of my way. Uh, as we look at the topo, this might not be evident to everyone, but turn around, make you guys real sick. There's kind of a ridge here. So we got a pocket here. We got a pocket here. We got a pocket here. We kind of have a pocket over here. We got a pocket over here. And so to me, what jumps out in my mind is like, man, if I can just be on this ridge, uh, like this is, this is great. I'm in my way. Uh, I don't want that one line tool. So this ridge is, you know, five miles long and there's tons of, you know, stuff to glass off that. And, you know, all these little micro pockets. So to me, that's like kind of jumping out. And so what I next did was I was like, okay, well, how do I get there? Right. Um, so it looks like we could come off this road and, uh, here, if you guys are interested, I just used the, the new route builder tool and built this. But with that, it's like, okay, how far is it now? Well, that's eight miles. Um, you know, that's a pretty good poke. <laughs> if you're on foot and try to pack uh, elk out on foot by yourself, that might be too far. Um, but, you know, if we got horses, that's doable. 
Um, and so like, you know, here, this actually has a motorcycle trail on it. Um, so if you had a motorcycle, you know, now you're getting up here, uh, pretty steep country, pretty tough to do. Uh, this is definitely not for everyone, but, uh, you know, getting up here into this area is kind of doable and we're, you know, we're crossing this unit. And so like, you know, as I think about those, I'm just trying to figure out what is the best route in here? And then, you know, what is the route of efficiency that's going to line up, you know, a bunch of different spots. Uh, I did want to show you guys if I can find it. I'm going to try to leave time for some questions too. Um, I feel like I'm running out of time. So when I talk about being able to glass across, let's see if I can find it. And this is like the thing that I look for in a, in a, in a rifle area. Phone's going off here. <laughs> this stuff looks pretty thick this isn't the best example but it's I mean, it's just almost too steep too um gosh i could go over how to use tools to figure out steepness onyx needs to jack we need a we need a feature that like has temper density so here's a here's an okay example but not a great um so see how this timber is you have some thick timber and some thin timber, right? This isn't the perfect example, but this actually might work. So if if elk were here, there you you could almost see them inside this timber. So let's just hypothetically zoom out for a second and say like I could be on this ridge here. Uh, let's just yeah. So 330 yards. Here we go. Found it. So. You know, hypothetically, you know, we could probably be up maybe a little higher to be able to see down in. But now we're up on this ridge and we can look at this timber face, right? And this timber face, these elk will probably, hypothetically, I don't know this area, they'll be in timber like this where they can be up feeding and there's just enough light coming in, you know, that they the, they have vegetation. In Idaho specifically, I really like that woody vegetation, it's that woody underbrush. If you know elk very well, you know that a lot of them will switch to woody browse um, about mid-October. And so they'll feed on this brush. They'll feed in the grass too, but a lot of times they're eating on this you know, Idaho brush that's under the trees. And so I tend to hone in on things like this. You know, I may circle this as an area of interest. Again, I don't think that's the perfect example, but I wanted to give you guys an example of what I'm looking for that's like my key advantage uh let's see here this i mean even this stuff doesn't look terrible uh it's we're super high here um and so that might be a problem in an october hunt but you know things like that I'm trying to see but yeah you guys kind of get the point all right that's kind of my spiel so to speak gosh i feel like it was super rushed and i didn't get time to explain anything if you guys uh if you missed something or you got questions i'll try to answer as many questions as you can as i can uh also i do feel like this go i'd go into depth a lot more in in the two hour four-part series uh on the youtube channel but jack did i did i just ramble on or do we cover some good stuff no i thought that was good there's a ton of information packed in there i'm definitely going to be re-watching this at some point um i kind of wish i had a pad to take notes or something <laughs> um so i will definitely say i've, I've watched the the four-part series on our youtube channel like you said that's super good super in-depth so everybody 
Um, if you haven't checked that out, go to the Onyx YouTube channel. You can find the playlist there and, and roll through there, those. I think it is, like you said, about an hour 45, almost two hours uh, worth of education there. So um, right. definitely plug that. We did have some, uh, some good questions in here. Before yeah. we get into the questions, I'm just going to post the giveaway link for everybody in the chat. So we're giving away some, uh, some new Onyx uh, Blaze Orange hats we just came out with. So that giveaway link is there. It'll be live until uh, midnight tonight. And then I'll shoot the winners an email tomorrow and we'll get, get your hats sent out and they'll be to you hopefully before your, uh, your rifle hunt kicks off. Um, had a few questions on differences between hunting bulls and maybe if I have a cow elk tag. Um, what would you look for differently if you just had a cow tag? It's that's a, I mean, that's a really great question. Uh, first and foremost, I would focus on mobility. Um, you know, like if I'm looking for a 400 inch bull, I have to cover, you know, a certain amount of ground to find a cow. Um, I would focus on mobility. I would focus on closer to wintering ground. So I had kind of mentioned that, you know, generally speaking, we look at the wintering ground and then we work backwards based on the time frame from wintering. And, uh, that's a great, you know, great way to do it. So if you want to kill a cow, I'll just say in Montana, Montana is pretty public about, you know, where the wintering areas are. Those cows are just going to be much closer to the wintering areas than the bulls. So the bigger, the bull 10, this is super rough, right? Like, don't quote me on this, but generally speaking, the, the bigger, the bull, the farther away from the rut or farther away from the wintering area, he's going to be, he's going to be in those deeper, darker pockets, the older bulls, you know? Again, that's a rough, you know, rule of thumb, but a lot of times the cows are going to be much closer. So I would just look at the wintering areas and then, you know, kind of work back a little bit and then focus again on like, how do I cover a ton of ground? Because, you know, if I just choose a timber patch and walk into it, I may have to choose 200 timber patches and walk into them before I find a cow. I mean, Jack did it, but you know, who knows? <laughs> But if, you know, if I say like, okay, I want to start super big. I want to just like glass this whole area of the unit. I'm going to start really big. And then I see cows, I can move in on them. You know, too many people, they just kind of hone in on like, I'm going to hike into here and I'm going to hike into here. So to me, it's like, man, I still treat it as like, I want to cover as much ground as I can with big glass and like figure out where the elk are. And then I can hone in on that. And that kind of leads into the second question. There's some few people asking about, you know, if you look at the elk migration data that, you know, state game agencies put out, it sounds like you do factor that into account when looking when they're moving, especially later in the season, right? Totally. And I should clarify that, like, this is going to vary pretty wildly. Elk in Idaho, elk in Idaho tend to not migrate nearly as far uh, as say elk in Wyoming, you know, my, Wyoming has pretty long migrations. And so that can be a little bit difficult. Uh, you know, the Montana is a little bit, you know, it's kind of a migratory state. They migratory pretty far. Uh, just depends on the area, but yes, like just look at the data and say like, okay, here's where they're moving from to from. And a lot of this color data is not that hard to find, uh, you know, especially in the Yellowstone ecosystem. And that includes, you know, all three States, not just within Yellowstone, but you, you can look at that data and be like, okay, here's where they're going. And it's not hard to, to figure out, you know, where they came from. Right. Um, any difference, um, a question about hunting more of that Canyon country. Um, I'm thinking my mind immediately goes to like Missouri breaks or something like that. 
do you scout it? Is your process similar to a mountain hunt or is there any difference there? As far as scouting yes. or hunting. So uh, when I think of Canyon country, I think of this, um, I think of, you know, I spent a lot of time in Northeast Oregon. That's very much Canyon country. Uh, you know, a lot of those elk don't even show up. So there are resident elk say to a lot of some of the Canyon country. Um, but sometimes those elk just don't show up until the, until the snow hits. Right. Or it's just a timing thing. Uh, and so sometimes scouting it is not as particularly advantageous. I will say most of the most of the rifle hunts that I've ever done, I I would rather have five days of scouting like up to the edge of season and less time hunting than actually you know spend time in the unit or during the season. But a lot of that can depend on how long the hunt is. Um, you know, when I've killed bulls in Oregon, and those are five day hunts. I I like to have five days of scouting and one day of hunting. Like that's kind of how I li- love it because it's like now I know exactly where I need to be. Typically, when you when you get into a season, you know, day one of season, everything changes, right? The pressure hits, uh, it's chaos, and like you just, it's really tough. Um, so, ideally, I say that uh, ideally, you know, you have you know five days up to opening day, and you you hunt opening day. And having said that, you know, I have two rifle tags this year, and they're very long tags. And, you know, I don't even know that I'll hunt opening day of either of them. You know, to me, it's like, I just, I think that it's going to, you know, there's going to be a big pressure right on opening day. And then, you know, you have bulls moving around on those longer seasons, especially when you think about just the time frame of, you know, you can't typically hunting pressure moves elk, but also winter moves elk, you know, so you have elk moving around throughout a season. So I guess it depends on the length of the hunt. You look at like a month, you said Montana breaks. Um, that's, you know, a rifle season that's super long, that just naturally with no pressure, the, the difference between opening day and the last day is so different. Right. And bulls are going to be moving around. And so it's kind of just time on target, which is like, you know, you have to be in a unit, you have to be there. Uh, it can be dependent on, you look at like, say this wintering data, right? Like, man, migration to units of any kind are pretty tough. Sometimes you get too much snow and it ruins it, right? So you just have to have, it goes back to like building my systems, right? I'm going to have systems or, or plans, hunt plans uh, that incorporate like, hey, opening day, mid season, if I get snow, where am I going? Like all these things. And those are all different plans, right? Like if, if this happens, this, right. One, like I didn't even talk about this, but one of the best things I, if I, if I have a hunt, especially rival hunt, and it's going to get a snowpack, man, that is like pure gold. I have to be there for no other reason. Not the migration, not what people think is tracks, man. If you can look at tracks, like you can learn so much, right? Like I can just cover ground, drive every road. And I can look at Mount, look at the mountain and say, man, look, there's, there's elk up there. You know, I don't even have to see them. I can just see the tracks. And to me, you know, if I have a rifle tag and I see a snowstorm coming thousand percent positive, I'm going to be in the unit to see what, you know, like that snowstorm hits the next 24 hours. I need to be covering ground, figuring it out. And, you know, maybe I'm looking at new areas, all these things. And so that's, that's, I don't know, that's, there's a lot of answers to that, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's seems to be the the kind of golden ticket sometimes, especially those late rifle hunts. If if you haven't had any snow and you're getting a storm coming in, just 
it's almost like it un- unveils, you know, some of the secrets of what the elk are doing for you. It's all, oh, it it's totally all laid does. out for you. It totally does. There was a question here, and this is kind of the, the million dollar question or, or one that we get on a lot of our webinars is if you go into a spot and you're maybe not seeing elk or sign right away, are you kind of bouncing and go into a new area or do you tend to stick it out for a day or two and see if something shows up? No, this is, this is the million dollar question. I think it's like, especially for people who don't have the experience, you know, trusting your gut intuition only works if you have a bunch of gut intuition. Um, and this is very true. Even for me, say on a new unit, I go to a new unit. I don't have the gut intuition built up. So a lot of times, you know, previous experience, that historical data is going to tell us everything. You tend to find elk where you've seen elk before. And a lot of that is because you know, they're there. You're going to look at it longer. So I do, while I do feel like people bail on areas too quickly, you know, like the assumption is they aren't there where how many times have you been to an area that you've seen elk in before and you're just not seeing them. You're going to hit that so much harder. And I, in my head, I hold on to that because I'm like, ah, are they here? And I just don't see them. I know so many, so many areas that I, there's elk and I'm just not seeing them. And maybe it takes a day or two. And then I turn them up. So it's the classic, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. With that said, I'm not going to burn up a hunt, like just looking at an area. So it depends on how many days I have. It depends on my hunt plans. It depends on my hunting strategy, how far I'm in, right? Like if I commit to an area and it's going to take a full day to get there, I'm probably going to give it at least three days. And that seems like a lot, you know, when you're burning days, but like, I already have to, it's going to burn a day to get out of here. You know, like I have to, I have to be mindful of that. So to me, uh, I tend to treat every area like I know there's elk there and I just got to turn them up. There's a couple, you know, variations in that one would be like, if I get snow, I'm moving as fast as I can. Cause I, I should, you know, I, even if there's elk there, there's tracks, right? If there's no tracks, then when there's no elk. And so, you know, I will burn out of an area if I have snow. And again, it's like, I'm just covering as much as I can, as quick as I can. And that changes things. So, but you know, the, to answer the question, you got to trust your gut, but you also got to build that historical data, have that gut intuition on an area. And so I tend to lean towards looking in an area a little bit longer than I want to, or than I would want to bail on. This is, proved very, very significant in like these timber pockets that I love is, and again, this is my gut intuition. I've built this, you know, record of history off of, you know, looking at these timber patches. I think most people would walk away from them and I just know, and I see it, I see that timber patch and I can look in there and I'm like, man, this has all the makings. It has, it has all the pieces that I'm looking for. I will look at that timber patch much longer than most people. And it's proven successful. Now, have I stared at timber patches and seen nothing but squirrels? Absolutely. But I do think that far more times it's been, you know, six, 10, 12 hours into it. And all of a sudden it's like, ha, there you are. And, you know, you build that gut intuition over time when you're new and you're like, I just, you know, I don't know what I don't know it can be very difficult to stare at a temper patch and not see anything. But I do think that's a problem for most new hunters is they're running around expecting to see something in the wide open. And they just don't have that historical, like gut intuition to stick and look at, you know, a hillside for that long. 
Yeah, I mean, that rings home for me. Um, right. I moved to Montana in 2018 when I started working at OnX. So my first big game season was 19. So I guess I'm season five now. And like you said, just that I've said it so many times, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm kind of starting to get to that point now where it's like, oh, I know a few things. And my advice for new hunters, you know, new people that started on X move out here and stuff is like, man, you just got to be okay with, with sucking for a little while. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's, it's time in the woods and it's, it's time spent out there and you're probably going to go to some spots where there's nothing sometimes. And that can be valuable too, is just saying, wow, this spot didn't have anything. At least I can yeah. mark it off the list and then kind of look at it and say, well, why, why wasn't there anything in there? Is it hunting pressure? Is it, I just misread the, the habitat when I was e-scouting or whatever, which if you're, you know, a person coming from the East for your first elk hunt for a week, is not the easiest pill to stomach sometimes. Um, obviously I'm lucky in Montana, we've got long archery and rifle seasons to be able to put the time in, but. Um, no, that brings up a good point, man. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that I figured out my secret was I started hunting this area, we were in Oregon and we had just figured this out, right? And it was like, man, when we look into this timber patch, we see elk. And so I, I went back to that spot as I was looking at, we, a couple of years ago, we picked a, threw a dart at the map, picked a spot in Idaho. And I went back to our spot in Oregon and I looked at the timber density and I looked at the, uh, the pitch. I looked at everything. I was like, I want to try to find that. If you're a new hunter and you have some kind of mentor of any kind um, and be like, Hey, show me what it looks like when you found elk. And I did this in Colorado, my, uh, well, good buddy, Jaden, he was down there and I was like, Hey, show me, show me a pen where you've seen deer. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to hunt it. Like, I just want to know what, like, tell me, tell me what I need to see. And because it looks different. Right. And you can look at a map and it can be very difficult. You do this long enough and I, I can, I can pick stuff out pretty well, but what I can do is I can play same Z's, you know, it's the, like the similar game. Right. And I could just take a spot in Montana and I go, okay, now I go to Arizona. What's that look like? You know, actually an actual thing I did, I have a buddy who's hunted Arizona and I said, Hey, send me a, send me a pin of like some elky area, like where you found elk and what it looks like. And I don't care about the spot, the drainage area, the unit. I don't get, I don't care at all. What I do care about is like, what did that habitat look like? Now, how do I find that in the unit I'm hunting? Um, and that's super, super good tip. Like if you can do that, you can take someone and say, Hey, show me a super elky area. I'll never go there. <laughs> you have to trust me on this, but you know, I'm just, I need to like, I need to see what it looks like on the map because sometimes it looks very different. And most of the time it looks very different when you're looking at, you know, a 3d map versus what it looks like in real life. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Sometimes that can just, you know, it's like that light bulb goes off in your head and you're like, oh, you know, I was looking at this, looking at this all wrong. Or, you know, maybe sometimes you're like, hey, I was on the right track and, you know, totally. I just got too bad at it or something. Totally. And that can be even within a unit. Say like, say I go to 27 and I'm like, man, we saw elk all over in this part of the unit. Now I just take that same thing and I'm looking for the same type of feature. So if I was like, oh man, like this hillside had a bunch of elk on it. There's a lot of reasons those elk could have been there. The least of which could be just the type of food that's growing, right? 
uh, you think about bears, like bears are pretty, they focus in on these food groups, right? And so like, they'll be there. And so if you can kind of find a similar steepness, a similar aspect, a similar timber pattern, and you're like, that's the thing, right? And now I just got to find it again on the map. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. I think we're, we're a bit over an hour here. So I think we'll, we could go all night, I'm sure. (laughs) And probably into the morning. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on here. This was fantastic. I will give another plug um, for the the e-scouting course on the Onyx YouTube channel. We'll include a link for everybody on here, not only to this recording, but also to that YouTube playlist in the email you'll get tomorrow from us uh, in the evening um, so that you can check that out if you can't find it on the YouTube channel before then. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, to close it out, want to thank you again and hope everybody has luck um, on their their elk hunts this year and we'll catch you on the next one all right thanks guys